The Productive Woman, Episode 306. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me. This week, we're going to talk about how to have a good, productive week. You'll find more information and links to some references I mentioned in the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 306. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander, one of my very favorite productivity tools. You can say goodbye to repetitive text entries, spelling and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. Better than copy and paste, better than scripts and templates. Text Expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type while still customizing and personalizing your messages. I use it personally many times every day for my law practice and for the productive woman. I use it in emails, in letters, in documents I'm drafting, and and in everyday emails for, you know, just personal things. If you're like me, you type or maybe copy and paste certain things over and over, anything from phone numbers and addresses to, oh, I don't know, directions to your house or business or certain phrases, even multi-paragraph emails complete with formatting and drop-down options for personalizing it. Text Expander is the first app I install on any device I use, and I couldn't be nearly as productive without it. The great thing about Text Expander is it can be used in any platform, any app, literally anywhere you type on your computer or other devices. Take your time back and increase your productivity. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to get 20% off your first year and be sure you let them know I sent you. All right, let's get into uh, this week's topic, I wanted to talk about how to have a good week. And we'll talk about what that means and how we can accomplish it in this week's episode. Uh, and I'm going to get just kind of right into it. I came up with 10 things we can do to make sure we have a good week. And so number one is simply to decide to have a good week. That's the first step, the first thing we have to do. So much of our experience of life is based on our thoughts, on the decisions we make about how to think, what to think, and we can decide to have a good week regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what happens around us. Now, I'm not trying to be a Pollyanna here and say that what happens doesn't impact us because of course it does, but we can still choose ahead of time to have a good week and to cope with, you know, the things life throws at us with some good humor, maybe, and a positive attitude. And I think that makes the biggest difference. I really do. All these other things are helpful. And I want, I'm going to get into some really practical ideas, things we can do to um, make sure our week is a good one. But it starts 
between our ears. It starts with our thoughts and it starts, you know, on Sunday night or Monday morning deciding this is going to be a good week, no matter what happens to me, because I'm going to make the best of it. So that's the first step. Decide to have a good week. The second step I think is to know what a good week means to you. Um, you know, it's, that's a pretty vague statement to, you know, I want to have a good week. Well, what does that mean? It's impossible to hit a target you can't see. And so a really important component to having a good week or a really good step, important step for having a good week is to have a vision in our minds of what that means, what a good week would look like. And so maybe spend a little time ahead of time thinking about that. What for you are the components of a good week? Uh, Is it a good week if you accomplish something really significant or a good week when you've knocked several things off your to-do list? Uh, Does a good week include time to work on a special project that's important to you, whether it's for work or for you personally or for your home, whatever it might be? Does a good week include daily workouts or special time with people who are important to you? Does it include some daily quiet time? For me, a good week includes some time each day to sort of relax and unwind and be quiet. And whether that's reading a few chapters from a book I'm enjoying or or whatever, but having some quiet time during the day. Some people, that's not a component for them. You know, you may be one who for you, a good week is one that's filled all day, every day with, you know, interesting and exciting things that you're doing and, you know, feeling energized by interacting with people or accomplishing certain things. But know that about yourself. Know what uh, those components are. Maybe for you, Uh, a good week is going to include some time outside enjoying nature, uh, or maybe it includes plenty of sleep. For me, that's an important one. For for me to have a good week, uh, it's going to include enough sleep or close to enough sleep. So just think about that. You know, that is really the the second step. Once you have decided, you know what, I'm going to have a good week this week or next week or, you know, whatever week we're talking about, then get that vision in your mind, a really good picture, a clear picture of what it means to have a good week and make sure you incorporate those things into the week to come. And so then that leads us to the third step, uh, uh, or the third, you know, action, whatever to, uh, to have a good week. And that's to plan ahead. So spend a little time, uh, over the weekend ahead, getting ready for a good week. So you're planning ahead, you're preparing ahead. Uh, Spend some time. It doesn't have to take all weekend to do this, but dedicate a little bit of time during the week or weekend before to prepare for a good week. Clear that physical and mental space where, you know, whether it's your workspace or your home or, or just your thoughts and do little pre-preparation to buy yourself time during the week. Because I think a lot of times a good week is one where we feel like, you know, we're kind of firing on all cylinders. We're getting the things done that are important to us and we're not having to rush around and, um, you know, fill in the blanks and, and, um, catch up all the time. We're not playing catch up. Maybe that's what I'm 
I'm trying to get at. And so by preparing a little bit ahead of time, we're setting ourselves up for that, making uh, space and time uh, to have that kind of week. You know, part of pre-preparation for us as women a lot of times has to do with food. So if you're responsible for getting meals on the table for yourself or uh, or other people, do some preparation ahead of time. Certainly plan meals, decide what you're going to have and maybe write it down, put it, you know, post it on the refrigerator or inside a cupboard door. These are the meals that I have uh, the the supplies for that we're going to have this week. And uh, having it posted is good for the other people in the household because maybe they can contribute to getting ready for it. But plan those meals, do whatever preparation you can. So chop vegetables, brown meat, maybe pre-cook some rice if you're planning a meal that involves rice. Uh, Have that cooked ahead of time and in the refrigerator so all you have to do is heat it up. All those things are important. One of the things I try to do on the weekend is to... Um, you know, chop some vegetables and some fruit. We really like snacking on fruit. Uh, but if it's not r- just ready to grab and eat, honestly, we'll snack on chips and chocolate because it's easier. So for me, it's important uh, for Mike and me to, for me to um, have those fruits, you know, washed and prepped and ready to go. So it's as easy to grab those as it is to grab chocolate. Because for me, one component of a good week is when I feel like I've, you know, eaten more healthy. We love some chocolate around here. We love some snacks, but I'm trying really hard to make sure that we've got things that are healthy for us. So, you know, chopped up celery and carrots, and like I said, strawberries, we love blueberries. So I'll wash a bunch of those and have them all ready to go. So we can just grab them out, grab a handful and eat those. And we will turn to those if they're ready to go. Um, even if you do your grocery shopping during the week, you could put together your grocery order now. So that's all ready to go. Or if you use one of the delivery services, uh, the box services where like HelloFresh or uh, Home Chef or something like that, make sure that order is placed and, and going to be on its way. So the food that you need to put those meals on the table is there and ready for you. If it's a full week, part of your pre-preparation, your planning ahead might might involve putting your outfits together for the week and hanging them up in a certain area of your closet with everything you need, you know, from from you know, shirts and pants to undergarments to jewelry to shoes, have it all ready to go. And maybe the same thing for the kids, have their outfits uh, kind of pulled together depending on what ages your children are. That can save a huge amount of time during the week and allow you to have that kind of week where you're just kind of rolling through the week without a lot of drama and anxiety and, and lost time. Uh, One thing that I find really helpful to prepare for a good week is to uh, on sometime on Sunday, usually is when I do this, spend a few minutes kind of checking key areas of the house, particularly the kitchen and the bathroom to restock those supplies of things we use every day. And the kinds of things I'm talking about are, I have a jar on my bathroom counter that I, uh, it's not a very big jar, um, but it's where I keep uh, my, you know, daily stash of cotton balls and, and those sorts of 
things. And I try to refill that on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening so that it's ready to go. And I don't, you know, if I'm hurrying to get ready on a weekday morning, I don't reach for that jar, find out it's empty and have to go, you know, digging for the bag to, to get more cotton balls. Silly little thing, but it helps me. Same thing with tissue boxes. If you keep boxes of tissue around the house, whether in your bathroom or elsewhere, make sure those are full so somebody doesn't go, you know, reach for a tissue to blow their their nose and find that the box is empty. Make sure there's sufficient toilet paper and clean towels in each bathroom and soap and shampoo in the shower so nobody's going to run out uh, on a morning when they're you know, hurrying to get ready to do something. Make sure your dishwashing liquid is filled in the kitchen, your salt and pepper shakers. I have a, a one of those little jar dispensers or dispenser bottles, I guess, that I keep filled with olive oil that I use in cooking. Uh, it's right by the stove. And I try to make sure on Sunday afternoon that that's full uh, so that I'm not, you know, in the midst of preparing dinner and realize that's empty. And now I've got to go to the pantry and refill it. Uh, make sure your pet food is stocked up and your devices are charged and your gas tank full. These all seem like little things, but what I've found is it's often little annoyances rather than major crises that can derail a good week. And so by spending a few minutes now to take care of these small things, you're kind of taking their cumulative weight off your mind for the week, helping reduce the possibility that some of these small annoyances can occur that will interfere with your having a good week. Yes, we've decided we're going to have a good week no matter what, but why make it harder for us ourselves by, you know, running into these just little annoying things that can happen when you're, you know, kind of moving around quickly trying to get ready to do something and something you need is not there. So just, I mean, it doesn't take more than 10 minutes to do uh, kind of this run through the house house, not run, but, you know, cruise through the house, check those supplies of everyday things that we need and make sure everything's stocked up and ready to go for the week. The fourth thing I would say that will help us have a really good week is to be realistic. As we think about the coming week, be honest about how much you can do in a day, given the totality of the projects that you have underway, the responsibilities you have, your health and your general circumstances. We can tend to be kind of overly ambitious, <laughs> some, some of us, and think that we can do a lot more than we can. But, you know, we're living in strange times. As I'm recording this, maybe as you're listening to this, it's still summer 2020, uh, summer in, in the Northern Hemisphere, um, August 2020, uh, late July as I'm recording. And, you know, the world is still dealing with the coronavirus and those sorts of things. And it has impacted our daily lives. And it's changed maybe what we can do in the course of a day and the course of a week. And so take all of that into account. Certainly push yourself um, you know, stretch yourself in terms of what you can accomplish. We can usually do more than we think we can, but these days we have to be a little more creative about it, don't we? We have to uh, give ourselves some some grace and uh, be realistic about how much we can get accomplished. 
I think it's important to leave some white space on your calendar instead of scheduling meetings, calls, and appointments back to back. Make sure there's some downtime in between things, time to take a breath, to use the bathroom, to grab a bottle of water, whatever it is, but to... And again, this may be different from you. Maybe you really thrive on going from one event to the next, to the next, to the next. I don't. I need that white space between activities. I need some downtime each day. When I'm talking about being realistic, what I'm saying is think about what what matters most to you. Those, uh, both those things that we were talking about, the components of a really good week, but just in general, Think about what matters most to you and make sure to do what you can to clear out anything you can to make space and energy to not only experience, but to enjoy those things that are most important to you. Number five is guard your mind. I think this is so key to having a good week, a good life in general. So we started with making that decision to have a good week. And in order to carry that through seven days and beyond, I think it's important to guard your mind. What do I mean by that? I mean, be intentional about the inputs, what comes into you, what comes into our eyes and our ears affects our thinking. That's just the way it is. And our thinking, what we think about creates our emotions, our feelings. And if we want to feel good, if feeling good and positive and upbeat is part of a good week for you, as it is for me, then we need to manage our thinking because it creates our feelings, our emotions. And so for me, being intentional about the inputs right now means honestly limiting the amount of news I watch and who I follow on social media. I I was a political science major in undergrad, and I'm kind of a, a government junkie, not politics per se, but government and how our society works. And it's important to me to know what's going on in the world, but too much negativity sends my thoughts and emotions to a place I just don't want to live in. I am kind of attuned to that sort of stuff. And uh, right now, these days, maybe it's always been this way, but I'm, maybe I'm just feeling it more. It just seems like every time you turn on the TV, uh, turn on the news or anything else, or open up a social media channel, so much of it is dominated by negative bad news or people arguing and accusing and, you know, just saying awful things to and about each other. And I can go to a place of almost of despair listening to that. So I've had to decide if I want to have a good day, a good week, a good month, I've got to limit how much of that I take in. And it's not that I only choose to watch or listen to people whose opinions I agree with, because I think we all need to listen uh, to voices 
who express alternative opinions. I, I think that's so important. We cannot grow as human beings if we only pay attention to the people who look like us, sound like us, and say things we agree with. So I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about when I, when I say be intentional about the inputs. Part of being intentional about the inputs for me is choosing to listen to voices that I might disagree with. Uh, so it's not that, whether it's on social media, on the news, in blog posts, in news articles, whatever it is, I seek out opinions of people who maybe I don't agree with. And I try, we talked about this on a, another recent episode, I try to listen not to refute them, but to understand their thinking. And uh, because, uh, you know, maybe my opinion is wrong. And so I can learn from other people. We can all learn from each other, but not if all we're doing is hurling insults, I guess is what I'm saying. So I'm kind of getting off on a tangent here, but it, I think it's important uh, as part of this concept of trying to have a really good week, guarding your mind, being intentional about the inputs you choose. So not to avoid dissenting opinions, but for me, I avoid people whose rhetoric is about uh, accusing other people, blaming somebody else, and you know, calling the people who they disagree with evil or stupid or both. Uh, that those are the voices I can't listen to anymore. So be intentional about those inputs. And the other part of guarding your mind is to on purpose, incorporate something uplifting into your day every day. So whether that's reading or listening to a book that inspires or encourages you, if you're a person of faith, that probably involves, you know, reading some portion of the scriptures that are, that are important to you, or maybe it's just listening to music that makes your heart soar or gets your feet moving, but something that uplifts you. Look, seek those voices out, seek those sources out and incorporate some of that into your day every day. That helps guard your mind, keep that positive perspective and uh, that will make such a huge difference in what your week is like. So that was number five. Number six, I think to uh, have a really good week, you need to get outside and, you know, as part of that, move your body, but definitely get outside, uh, if not every day, nearly every day. Sunshine and fresh air are good for us all. They're good for our physical health. They're good for our mental and emotional health. Now, for some, for those of us who live in, you know, the South of the United States and other parts of the world where right now it's hot and humid and nasty, that makes it a little tricky. It's not real appealing to go outside right now in North Texas when it's very, very hot and very humid, but you can still get out there. So maybe it's, um, get up early and go for a, a walk early in the morning, just as the sun's coming up before it's gotten really, really hot before the sun is, you know, beating down on you, or maybe an evening walk with your husband and kids as the sun has set and, and it started to cool off a little bit, but get outside. It doesn't have to be a big, long drawn out thing, but get out there a little bit 
every day if you can. Maybe it's play a game of kickball or softball or badminton with your kids or go for a bike ride if the weather permits. Uh, If you can get out, go to a local park and just walk through the trees or, or, you know, take a book and sit out there and enjoy it. Some something outside to in, to get that fresh air, to get a little bit different perspective. I think this is particularly important if you're in a part of the world where still you're mostly staying at home because of the COVID situation, or for those of us who work from home, you know, year round, making time to get outside, get out of the house and get out there and enjoy the fresh air and sunshine can be really important. Honestly, even a walk in the rain, if it's not, you know, a downpour, take your umbrella and your, you know, your rain boots and, and just go for a walk and enjoy a little bit of nature and a little bit of fresh air. Number seven, Uh, a great step to take to have a good week is to plan something for you. So we talked about planning ahead and all those sort of practical things to prepare for a good week. But one of the things that should be incorporated into that plan is something for you. And only you know what that might need to be. But, you know, maybe it's a candlelit soak in the tub with soft music, a glass of wine, and a good book. Or maybe it's an hour just working on a project that is really near and dear to your heart. Maybe it's a chat with your best friend or a night out with the person you love. Whatever it is that makes you smile and lifts your heart that you know gets you excited, make time for that. Schedule it before the week begins and make it an absolute um, priority to keep that appointment with yourself. It gives you something to look forward to, something to be excited about, and helps. And that anticipation is almost as valuable as the actual event. Anticipation of something good. There's studies that show that, you know, we get as much joy and benefit from the anticipation of something good as the actual event itself. And so, you know, figure out something that you just really enjoy. You know, for me, you know, I didn't, doesn't take much. I'm happy if I can plan a time to curl up on the couch with a cup of tea and a really good book and nothing to interrupt me and just be able to sit there and kind of escape into the world of this, of a novel. But whatever it is for you, make time for that. Figure out before the week begins, when are you going to do that? Get it on your calendar, set an alert, make sure you've got the materials, the supplies to do that thing, or you've scheduled it with the other person if it involves someone else and make that time for yourself and keep that appointment. Honor it as if it was uh, an appointment with the the Queen of England, <laughs> you know, somebody really important because it is. You are important and you need to make yourself a priority. Number 8 is to choose gratitude. And this now we're getting back into the mindset, the headspace issues. Gratitude, thankfulness, there are countless studies of the benefits of gratitude. And we've talked about this a couple of different times in previous episodes. Check out episode 167, where we talked about gratitude and productivity. 
And episode 270 was about gratitude. Studies show, I mean, I'll summarize it here, but those episodes go into more detail about how gratitude benefits us personally and in relationships, in our work, and all those things. And suggest some pretty detailed ideas for developing a gratitude practice, a habit of gratitude. But to summarize it, innumerable studies show that grateful people are happier, healthier, and more productive. So those things tell you that gratitude is an important component of a really good week. Uh, one simple thing you can do to choose gratitude, to keep your mind kind of on that track of being thankful, of looking for things to be thankful for, is every night before you go to bed, write down two or three things, big things, small things, whatever, that you're thankful for. It's just that simple. And again, there have been so many studies that have been done that people who keep a gratitude journal are happier and healthier and more productive than people who don't. There's lots and lots of evidence for this. So have a little notebook or an app on your phone or wherever you want to do it. I, I think there's a benefit to writing it out by hand. So I'd kind of recommend that you have a journal or a notebook or just a piece of paper where you write down two or three things each evening that you're thankful for. And then every morning is part of your morning routine. Maybe while you're having your first cup of morning coffee or whatever, reread that list, go through the list, you know, back through the, the days of things you've said you're thankful for. Get your mind back on that. One of the reasons keeping a gratitude list, a, a, a list of things you're thankful for is so beneficial is because when you make that a habit, your mind kind of is always in the background looking for things to add to the list because you've you've told your brain, hey, at the end of the day, I'm going to be writing down two or three things I'm thankful for. So keep an eye out for those things. And your brain just naturally goes that direction. And when you look for things to be thankful for, you will find them. And, and here's what I truly believe in any circumstance, no matter how dire, there is always something to be thankful for. So train your mind to look for those things, develop that habit of writing them down and then reviewing that list and reminding yourself that even when things are not going the way you wish they would, even when things are difficult and challenging, you can find something to be thankful for. And when you have that mindset, you will be happier, you will be healthier, you will be more productive and your week will be better. Number nine, make a memory. Now, it doesn't have to be something elaborate and you don't necessarily have to go anywhere. So even during COVID quarantine, you can still make good memories and they can be something very simple. Uh, you know, if you've got a, a, a husband and kids, plan a family night. You know, if a lot of times these days we kind of all go our separate directions, even if we're all at home, we're all in our own space doing our own thing. So plan a family night to make something to remember, make a memory during this week. Maybe you'll play a board game, you know, a game of Monopoly or whatever, Risk or whatever the games are that are out there, uh, or card games. My family likes to play a game called Dummy Rummy, and 
We, we have a great time when we play it. Everybody gathers around the table. Usually when some of our adult kids come home, somebody will say, hey, let's play a game of dummy rummy. And everyone's gathered around the dining table playing this game, accusing each other of cheating. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Maybe play charades or, or just cuddle up on the couch with popcorn and a funny movie. But make a memory as a family. Uh, another way to make a memory is to maybe schedule on purpose, sit down and, and have a heart-to-heart talk with your husband or a really dear friend over a meal or a cup of really, really good coffee or tea and just talk about those things that often go unsaid between people who care about each other. Let them know what they mean to you. Say the words. Uh, Don't go into it with any expectation of what you're going to get back from it. But you can make a memory with someone you love simply by giving them your undivided attention. The phones are in another room, nowhere nearby, and you're looking each other in the eye and, and sharing those heart thoughts that too often go unspoken. You know, there are lots of other things you could do to make a memory, but make that a part of a really good week because it gives you something to take out of that good week into the next one to make the next week even better as you look back and think about that that moment of, of fun with your family or of um, expressions of love with someone you care about. And number 10, and this is the last one that I have for this list, is to do something kind for someone else. Research shows that doing kindnesses to others boosts your own mood. So doing kind things for other people, you know, whether it's random acts of kindness, as they talk about, will make you feel better. There's scientific study that supports this. Uh, Lee Rowland, PhD, who was the co-author of a 2018 study in the Journal of Social Psychology about this subject, says that acts of altruism and pro-social behavior, that is doing kind things for someone else, are linked to reward processing areas of the brain. So there is some brain science supporting the idea that when we do something kind for someone else, it triggers things in our brain that make us feel better, feel happier, feel, um, you know, more peaceful and people who are happy and peaceful are more productive. That's how this all kind of ties into a podcast about productivity. It's, you know, I haven't given you a bunch of things to accomplish a bunch of things to do. And yet, if you do these things, if we do these things uh, to have a really good week, we will be more productive in all the best senses of that word. So watch for opportunities to brighten someone else's day. It doesn't have to be some big dramatic gesture, but just something small. Bring a cup of coffee to a coworker if you're, you know, if you're going into work. Let that stranger, you know, go before you in the parking lot or in the grocery store checkout. Leave a treat or a bottle of water for your mail carrier and maybe with a, you know, with a packet of a, a, a wipe, you know, disinfecting wipe or something so they can wipe it off because that's the weird time we're living in uh, for your mail carrier or your FedEx driver. Send a quick text or an email to an old friend you haven't spoken to in a while, letting her know she's on 
on your mind. Maybe even send a handwritten note to let someone know how they've positively impacted you, how important they've been to you in your life. Some kind little thing, maybe when you go out to bring in your your trash bin from the from the curb after the trash man's gone by, bring in your neighbors as well. Just like I said, find some small way to do something kind for someone else. Those little kindnesses add up over time. And in a day and age where, as I was mentioning earlier, there's so much anger and so much, um, I don't know, name calling and blame throwing going on in the world and a lot of fear and anxiety because of all the things that are happening little kindnesses can add up and change the the mood of the world around you but even if they don't you'll feel better and when you feel better you'll be happier and more productive so those are the 10 things that i i thought of uh, to have a really good week. Decide first of all to have a good week. Know what a good week means to you. Plan and prepare ahead of time for a good week, but be realistic. Guard your mind. Get outside and move your body in some way. Plan and execute on something for you yourself. Choose gratitude. Make a memory and do something kind. Those are the ideas that I had as I was kind of thinking about this topic. For more ideas, I've linked some resources I found online that offer even more suggestions of things we can do to have a good week. So feel free to, to visit the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 306 if you want to read those articles. But I'd love to know what you think. What makes a week, a good one for you? What are those components of a really good week for you? And what do you do to make sure you have a good week? I'd love to hear your suggestions, your ideas. You can share those in the comment section of the show notes for this episode. And once again, you'll find those online at theproductivewoman.com slash 306. And you can scroll down to the bottom to leave a comment. You can also post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. If you search for the Productive Woman in Facebook, you'll find the page there. Or even better, if you're if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, uh, feel free to post a, a comment or a suggestion or your thoughts about what it takes to have a good week uh, right in there, because that's a great place to have those conversations. As always, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, I would love to hear from you. So you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. I read every single email and I respond as quickly as I can. So I'd love to hear from you. Okay, as we wrap up, don't forget to let me know if you're interested in joining the Productive Woman Mastermind group. After a a hiatus of a few months, I am launching another group. Uh, Honestly, at this point, it looks like maybe two groups. I was only going to do one, but the the response has been great. This is a small group of like-minded women who meet once a week for one hour in Zoom, 
uh, you know, so video meeting to share mutual support ideas and encouragement and accountability. And it's, uh, goes for 12 weeks and it's facilitated by me. It's, uh, there is an investment, there is a cost to it, but I think that's because uh, the reason I do that is because we, uh, we tend to follow through more on those things where we've invested a little bit of money. It's, I don't think it's an inordinate expense, but check that out. If it sounds like something you're interested in meeting with me and no more than four other women. So it's, it's five women and me one hour a week for 12 weeks. Uh, and, uh, I've seen some amazing things happen as a result of that. And I think especially at this time when we're so isolated, there's um, a real value in having a small cadre of, of women who are also trying to make lives that matter, supporting and encouraging each other, holding each other accountable and that weekly interaction. And there's a lot more to it than that. To learn more of the specifics of how it all works, what comes with the program, so to speak, you can visit theproductivewoman.com slash mastermind. And you'll see all kinds of information there, including you can click to listen to some audio testimonials from women who've participated in masterminds in the past and hear what they think about it and what benefit they got from it. And then there's also a link for a short online application if you'd like more information and uh, if it sounds like something you'd like to do. So that, again, that's theproductivewoman.com slash mastermind. And you can email me after you've read that. If you have questions before you want to apply, you can email me at laura at theproductivewoman.com. I would not wait. We will be starting the first week of September. And right now uh, in the group that I intended to, to launch, there's only one space left. Uh, and actually in the second group that I'm it looks like I'll be putting together. There are only two spaces left. So uh, I'd love to offer one of them to you because I'd love to get to know you and work together to uh, help you on your journey to making a life that matters. So check that out. Remember, if you spend a lot of time typing or copying and pasting certain things over and over, don't forget to check out our sponsor, Text Expander, and take back that time. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more and to get 20% off your first year. And be sure to let them know that the Productive Woman podcast sent you. Thank you so much to Text Expander and its creator, Smile Software, for supporting the Productive Woman. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. I really appreciate you. I am so grateful to you for spending this time with me. I hope you found something in it that is helpful to you. I hope you felt like it was a worthwhile use of your time. I look forward to hearing from you. And I also look forward to talking with you again soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. <music>